0: Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to the Lone Star State! History could be made again tonight in San Antonio! It's Tuesday in Texas! Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 63, This Tuesday in Texas.
1: This Tuesday in Texas.
0: This Tuesday in Texas? This Tuesday in Texas. You broke
2: the rule. I like it though, it's fun. It's four. <laughs> fours is a new rule. Things are funny in fours. It's been threes for the beginning of uh, talkies, I'd imagine. So were we yeah.
0: hockey talkies. <laughs> talkies. <laughs> right? Silent silent film? Dude, talkies. Dude, yeah. <laughs> and we have our special guest back with us this week, Shado Matt!
1: What's up, y'all? I'm back for round two. He,
0: he survived the Survivor series. <laughs> and he's back for That's right. This Tuesday in Texas. This
1: Tuesday in Texas. This
0: Tuesday in Texas. This Tuesday in Texas. <laughs> So this Tuesday in Texas was produced by the WWF. It took place on December 3rd, 1991. Six days after, after uh, the Survivor Series.
2: After Taker drags the title to the back. I love that he just dragged the title. It's <laughs> so cool.
0: And the show was at the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas. The attendance was 8,000 people and was designed as an attempt to establish Tuesday nights as a secondary pay-per-view night. Such a weird
2: night. Mm-hmm. Tuesday's like your night where you go home and you're like, well, this is my nothing day. Maybe on Wednesday I'll come home and like clean something <laughs> or like cook a meal, but Tuesday is like, Tuesday is the most, the evening where I do the least. You're not worried like.
0: after working Monday, you're like, oh, I'm still good this So maybe,
2: maybe that's good. It's like Tuesday's the day where I'm like, well, I'm not going to do anything. That's I Tuesday might as well watch like, wrestling. I, I don't
1: want to do anything. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, I guess, in Olden blockbuster video terms when the new releases would come out on Tuesdays so maybe they were trying that but it still just doesn't sound like the right night for yeah sports entertainment I remember
2: riding my bike to the like rental store that also was like a local rental store so they had movies you could buy and CDs you could buy but then it was also mostly a rental store but they had like a whole media section like a you know like a Suncoast or whatever but it was like the neighborhood it wasn't in a mall or close to my neighborhood so like on Tuesdays, I'd like know what like CDs were coming out, and I'd like ride my bike up there, purchase them, hoping that they would be there, of course. So Tuesdays, yeah, I, I miss I miss that.
0: Physical media is dead. But this show would have a buy rate of 1.0, which is approximately 400,000 buys, and Shane O'Mac was one of those buys.
1: Yeah, you're welcome, Vince.
0: It rendered the experiment a failure. And the company wouldn't hold another Tuesday night pay-per-view until 2004. What was the 2004 one?
1: Taboo Tuesday? Taboo really? Tuesday. Yeah.
2: Oh my gosh. That seems like... That's a bad name. <laughs> 2004 is like post... That's like, like get the F out, right?
1: Post-invasion angle. I
0: mean, WWF's never been one for great names. I mean, Great Balls of Fire... Well, yeah, they have a lot Thursday, of bad ones. Thursday Raw Thursday. But the good <laughs> ones together, like
2: Survivor Series, good name, not my favorite concept. Royal Rumble, incredible name. SummerSlam, great. I mean, WrestleMania yeah, I is mean, yeah. about the best King name. King of the good. Ring, even.
1: King of the Ring, good, yeah. Extreme yeah.
2: like,
0: Rules. Yeah. I'll, I'll even
2: like that one. Yeah, it's it's Tuesday in Texas. This Tuesday in Texas is, <laughs> I don't dislike it. It's just like, why a Tuesday? 8,000, I imagine that, that Coliseum didn't hold
0: that many more people. Yeah. Probably not. I, I don't. I didn't look to see what their capacity was, but yeah. it, it looked pretty. Full. Coliseums
2: are smaller than arenas. arenas exactly. the, uh, and I know that there was a packed coliseum. Granted, it wasn't in Texas, but uh, for a recent WCW we watched, where it was like, oh, there was seven. Thousand eight hundred people there, and it was yeah. like a sellout or whatever on, on so, a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, on a Sunday for as sure, as opposed
1: to eight thousand on a Tuesday. Yeah. So I mean, I guess there was a a small win. But you also had
2: it was a school
0: night.
2: Yeah, and you also have, but it's Hulk Hogan and the Undertaker, and we all know just what ha- we all we all witnessed
0: what happened. We all did.
1: And this was you know pre-Raw, so wrestling was technically yeah they still did it on Monday nights for. Primetime wrestling And then you had your replay On Wednesday nights That's what it was
0: Yeah yeah. So things that happened Around the same time As this Tuesday in Texas Hook Will come out To the theaters The next weekend Hell yeah I've seen that movie a bunch Great memories of Hook No
2: bad ones I haven't rewatched it I've heard that Like When I was a kid When you were a kid yeah. Like just about any movie You saw You were like Oh this is great yeah. So like But I've heard that As like As I got older from what I understand, Hook was not, didn't really go over with everybody, but it, I feel like it went over with every kid that I knew, but like I don't think that it was as successful as I always thought it was as a kid, or as good as I thought it was, but I remember always liking it as a kid.
0: I, mean, I haven't rewatched it in many, many years, so. Yeah, my favorite thing I remember thing, loving it when it came yeah, out. Yeah, I
2: do. My favorite thing is the the little uh, the little chubby kid when he does the little roll. Well, that's everyone's favorite. I like that. <laughs> but There's a scene in the movie where like Robin Williams is talking to all the kids and give giving a speech or whatever. And the little the little chubby kid, he says something, and then for no reason at all, I don't know why, but it, why he did it or why they even why they didn't do a second take because it's super bizarre. But he just runs his finger across his cheek, but he's not like crying or anything. It's just like it's super bizarre, <laughs> and I think about it all the time, and it's really funny to me. Bang the Yeah, and then like uh, yeah. And then who didn't have a a crush on Julia Roberts as a little kid when she's like a sassy little uh, Tinkerbell? Everybody did. I mean, Shane O'Meck definitely didn't. Yeah. (laughs) How could you not?
1: I've got one other thing that happened around this time. Go go
2: for it. We're going to need it.
1: We'll we'll see if it gets edited out. But playing off of what we were talking about towards the end of Survivor Series, the day before Tuesday in Texas, the infamous barbershop, with the rockers was ah. recorded interesting yeah
0: mm. we all know what that is right i definitely know what it is <laughs> but it's not shown until
1: january yeah
0: i was yeah. like it's not shown until before royal rumble so this is a teaser though. yeah teasing you the fans
1: that's right for mm-hmm. what we'll
0: talk about in like three weeks like <laughs> <laughs> another hint uh
2: sugar glass <laughs> I mean I hope Brutus so. Brutus <laughs> the Barber beef
0: Oh, I guess we haven't seen Brutus in a while. The kick heard around about the world. Like uh, yeah. Have you missed him? No. Okay, just checking. Hey, did you remember that he uh, broke Mr. Perfect's perfect record? <sighs> That's true. Don't, I don't think I only I could ever
2: forget it. <laughs> 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 I just do this to make sure. Uh, yeah. I mean it's a. <laughs> un- you goal should, you purposes. should, it's funny, I get it. But <sighs> Mr. Perfect, what could have been?
1: I mean, Brutus Beefcake, what could have been?
0: Well, that's much better than the other stat that I... The other thing that I had, so what that <laughs> Oh, yeah, what was what is, what is the third one? Just give it to me. Flip Gordon would be born the next week. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, hey. <laughs> Favorite memory of Flip Gordon? Book Flip. Like,
2: yeah. I don't have and one yeah, yet, but maybe soon. The weird, like, the, just the weird sympathy... Uh, the sympathy booking thing is kind of
0: cringy in hindsight. And then the pop that he gets all in for winning the... He, he wins the pre show battle royal at All In to get to get a ROH world title shot during the show. I mean, that's the highest because Cody, Cody wouldn't bookie for the show. <laughs> the uh, so he had to, is win he's, he, he's still pre-show.
2: over in ROH, right? Yeah, he was the, such a big part of that. Like, it's part of the
0: villain enterprises. with. Uh, okay, Marty that's Stratton. what I was
2: that makes the most sense for him to be doing. Because that one of those things where everybody's like, "Oh yeah, like Marty will be over there eventually," and I just assumed Flip would be over there I mean, too.
0: Literally, unless you're just a huge ROH guy right now, like fan, of them, fan yeah, of ROH. All eight of them. You <laughs> literally only know Flip from if you watch being, being Healy, yeah, because he was a fun part of that show. But that's how I know him is because I watched it for a
2: couple of months until I was like, "All right," I'm... until I lost interest basically. But
0: hopefully, you haven't lost interest. In this Tuesday in Texas, I'm here contractually.
1: I don't think that's even possible.
0: <laughs> you have a contract.
1: Full attention. Are,
2: are, you, are you getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought I, uh, I thought you wrote it.
0: You wrote it up. It's an, it's an emotional contract. <laughs> yeah, you, we, you owe me money. <laughs> so we open on a video package showing the ending of Survivor Series. We literally get the exact same scene that we saw at the very end. With Mean Gene and the Catacombs with Paul Bearer and Undertaker, and they say they're gonna bury Hulkamania before we go to Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan to welcome us, and they preview the matches of the show, and we go straight to our first match: Skinner versus Brett, the Hitman Hart.
2: This was a real head scratcher for me. Is there a story behind this match? I mean, they were in the same match. It was four. They had a match against each other in the Survivor Series.
0: WWF Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, that's, that's the, the story. story. Yeah, okay. So Skinner's our new champion, right? Possibly. Mm-hmm. I guess we're here to find we'll out. We'll find out. Hitman gives away his shades, and a young lady is very excited. Oh yes, she's. Uh, I mean, I think I mentioned a couple sh- couple shows ago. I'd be super excited if Brett Hitman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. shades yeah. too. So. I mean, when yeah. I took
1: my nephews to shows, that's he was hardcore Bret Hart and he wanted those shades and we almost got them. Oh, they got man. given to... We got front row seats one time and they were given to a little girl like four or five spots down from him. Oh, man. So, yeah. Bastards. Dustin was heartbroken. There's...
2: Yeah, there's something so exciting about going to anything as a kid and it's like the t-shirt gun comes out and you're just like, there's nothing you want more than that, like... T-shirt or like to have like your name like called from like your ticket number so you can go like shoot a basketball or whatever. I know, and it's like in
0: places where I've seen the T-shirt that they're putting in, I'm like, it has the stupidest shirt. I'm never going to wear that. And, and you I want it so bad. Up, yeah, but you I know, want it. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're all idiots. But I mean, like, it's like that. As a little kid, you just want it. It's like it's, it's like a dream. For... It's a dream. Well, it's that, but it's just like a dream come true. You're like, oh, this would be so cool. <laughs> and uh, like now, of course, I don't care. But as a kid, you wanted that so bad. So I can't imagine like. You know, like, what's better than a shirt gun? Probably Bret Hart's glasses.
1: Man, I got to <laughs> touch Demolition Spikes as they went by. Oh, uh,
2: that's cool. You mean the Fake Road Warriors? Demolition's cool, though. Demolition was the shit. Demolition, okay. was, demolition was super over and fun.
1: Until they brought in Crush and messed everything crush up. Crush is the best. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just wait, he gets better. Uh... Koda, crush! <laughs> but yeah, the only thing I ever got souvenir wise from a wrestling show i was at one in tulsa and it was dustin rhodes and cody rhodes i can't remember who they were fighting but were they ms stardust or no they-, they, they had already switched away and oh. they were the rhodes brothers for that short little time but yeah they came down to the ring and Miz and ms. Dow, that was his name uh, they were on commentary, and the Rhodes Brothers attacked them during an interview segment, and I turned around as the lights went off and got hit with one of the speakers of Miz's, Miz's headphones. So, Oh, man. That kind of <laughs> sucks. It <laughs> hit me, so I took it home with me. Oh, there you go. So that's my wrestling souvenir. There
0: you go. So this, that's, a, that's a unique one. <laughs> <laughs> so the Skinner versus Hart match gets started with multiple arm drags by Brett. Hart starts running the ropes, and Skinner with the leapfrog... Hitman turns to hit an atomic drop and an inverted atomic drop and a clothesline to send Skinner to the floor. Back in the ring, Hart starts working on Skinner's arm until he can make it to the ropes. Multiple headbutts by Brett stop to the midsection and back to the arm, but Skinner retaliates with a headbutt and then tosses Hitman through the ropes into the ring post, shoulder first. Posted. (laughs) As Hart makes his way into the ring, Skinner with kicks to knock him back out and follows out to choke Brett. Once they're back in the ring, Skinner, with a double axe handle, locks on an ab stretch and uses leverage from the ropes, followed by another double axe handle and a shoulder breaker for a two count.
2: I was caught off guard by Skinner doing an ab stretch. I just didn't see it to be part of his, like, it seemed weird for his gimmick. Yeah, like, it was like his move set. I was like, this is a weird one. I mean, it's not like particularly difficult or like, you know, showy or anything, but it just didn't seem like something he was going to do. He's a man with spit hanging out
1: of his mouth. Eh, Those were big at the time, though.
2: Yeah. I love an ab stretch.
0: Don't get me wrong. I was just caught off guard. Hitman's head slammed into the turnbuckle. Irish whipped hard into the opposite corner. Skinner charges in to receive a big boot, and Hart jumps up to the second rope to come off with an elbow drop. But Skinner has moved. Brain chimes in with the excellent commentary, Was Skinner playing (laughs) possum? Oh, uh, I'd like to bring this up.
2: When Brett gives the glasses to the girl on the way, yeah. um, Bobby Heenan calls this 12 year old girl a bimbo. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> I mean, I could, but I couldn't. I was like, bimbo, come on, man. Jezebel. Uh, yeah, it's a like Jeze- Yeah, like Jezebel <laughs> seems a little bit less harsh for some reason, but he called her a bimbo. And I was like, oh my
0: God, man. Oh, Heenan. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Skinner goes to one corner and picks up a spit cup and looks to hit the hitman with it. But the ref takes it away, mm. so Skinner goes to the other corner and grabs a gator claw.
2: Is it a gator claw? I thought it was a possum claw, because like you said <laughs> possum, and I was like, well, oh, it's,
1: it's definitely gross. Yeah. He's a gator hunter, man.
0: <laughs> and the, the claw was hanging on the ring post as he grabs it, and he hits it across the throat of Hart. Was this around,
2: well, I guess the first Crocodile Hunter movie is like late 80s, right? Yeah, so, so. this is like sequel-ish. Yeah, time frame. so it makes sense. I didn't realize that Skinner was a gator hunter because I haven't seen any promos or anything. All I've seen was him in a Survivor Series match at this yeah, point. Yeah, his so. promos
1: are him, you know, floating around in a swamp with a knife in his mouth. And well,
2: I think I may. There's
0: a good chance that maybe I would have been more invested if I got <laughs> to see those promos. Cause that sounds kind of fun. Brett is being choked across the ropes by a boot across the throat. Irish whipped hard chest first into the turnbuckle, and Skinner starts working on the leg. More chokes, face plants the Hitman, double axe handles across the back, hits the Gator Breaker, which was an inverted DDT, for the pin, and the NO heart kicks out. Who'd have guessed? Skinner goes up to the second rope and comes off right into a boot from Brett. Hitman's up to his feet with a second wind, right hands, head butt, back elbow, shot to the bread basket, and a Russian leg sweep for the two count. Hart continues with a vertical suplex, a backbreaker, goes up to the second rope again with an elbow drop, another two count. So he starts arguing with the ref, and Skinner comes from behind for an O'Connor roll, but Brett kicks out, sending Skinner through the ropes and to the floor. Hitman follows out, and the two men trade blows until Skinner slams Hart's head into the apron, then goes to bring him back into the ring with a vertical suplex. Brett floats over, goes for an O'Connor roll of his own, but Skinner holds onto the ropes. Skinner heads up to the top, but Hart is up and press slams into the mat, locks on the sharpshooter for the submission and the win. It could have been worse.
1: It could have been worse. It was a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. I have
2: seen I've seen worse. Uh, it's just one of those things like what do I like what's what's the hook?
1: Yeah.
0: I think basically Hart was still they were just they they, they it's not him. Human, yeah. They viewed him as a young champion. Yeah, and Steve Kern had been around for a long time, as we mentioned. Yeah. The you, they were actually. like, "Oh, well, you guys could have a mediocre so, match with each other." <laughs> I May mean, I get the point of someone them. In there to help Brett build,
1: yeah, be the fighting champion that yeah. they wanted to portray yep. him as.
2: Did Did he ever do anything with the Gator Claw? Because it have been really funny if he like tried to put it in their I'm mouth. I'm sure he probably something. did something as a jobber at some point. Yeah, maybe. but.
1: I'm trying to remember. It'd be
2: kind of funny if he did something goofy.
1: I mean, Skinner as a whole, from what I remember... Yeah, he kind wasn't, of
2: begins and ends here. Yeah, he
1: wasn't the most exciting... I mean, what if he did a back I break, break with, the,
2: with the claw? That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even remember this character <laughs> at all. Double drop. Yeah. So, that tells you a lot. Yeah, I,
0: I had never heard of him at all. Um, we then go to the locker room. Sean Mooney's there with Jake the Snake Roberts. And Mooney reminds him that no reptiles are allowed at ringside. For him, because Skinner just had the crocodile claw, so
2: there is exceptions to the rule. I guess live reptiles.
1: Right? Hey, either way, great observation, because I didn't even <laughs> put that together. I just did.
0: <laughs> it was not in the notes. Roberts responds, as cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. Randy Savage, the last time I had seen you, you were flailing like some helpless child, drowning. Drowning from what? Drowning from the very poison that was running through your veins after that snake chewed on that arm. For some time he did chew, and you look at my eyes, Randy Savage, and you can see two black holes in the sky. But you look at that snake's eyes, and you'll see something so cold and so devilish and so deliberate. Yes, he takes care of what he has to, does what he has to, just like me. Your eyes... Your eyes weren't even there. Man, you were out. You were gone. But you know whose eyes I enjoy the most? (laughs) Do ya? Elizabeth. Pupils so small. So intent. So scared for the man that she loved. And what a rush I got, man. Up and down my back, it felt so good. My hair felt like it was tingling. I mean I had goosebumps all over my body listening to you squeal for a man that could not do anything but flail around and couldn't help himself at all, you know. And see the thing about Jack Tunney barring the snake from the corner? Let me tell you something, Jack Tunney. When I was brought into this world, I could not rob. I could not steal. I could not lie. I couldn't even cheat but boy did I have some help learning. You have taught me so well, so you see it is not my fault. Anything that I do out there, you have given me the right to. You have almost pushed the button to make me do it. You have pulled the trigger, so anything that I do is your fault. Snake in the corner. Trust me, trust me.
2: Even you doing it, but you did a great job still creepy and unsettling yep (laughs) it's like oh my god stop (laughs) yeah it it, he's got that like i said that weird sadistic horny energy that's Mm -hmm. super creepy and it was like i was like he makes me think of frank booth dennis hopper's character from blue velvet where i'm like "Ooh, get out of (laughs) here it's obviously not that bad because it's like for an all-ages audience but he is uh He's pushing the limits pretty hard.
1: I mean, this is peak ultimate Jake perfection.
2: Yeah. It's like, yes. I like, like everything that I've... Everything I've seen of Jake, but this is, like, him firing on all cylinders.
0: We then go to Mean Gene, who's with Macho Man and Elizabeth, and Savage responds, You want me to trust you? It's not gonna happen. And we're gonna get to a situation where I'm high up on that turnbuckle, Pointing to the skies, and jump off to crush my elbow for the one, two, three. Yeah, Snake. Trust me, that's what's gonna happen. Randy then hears Jake's music start to play.
2: Yeah. And runs off. Which is so good because I was like, "What? Why is there music playing right now?" And then I like want to put it together. Obviously, and like five seconds later, I was like, "Oh no, this is great and seamless." Also, the close-up of Elizabeth during Randy's promo. Just can't ever, you know, say enough good things about Elizabeth.
1: Pulls at the old heartstrings without Mm -hmm. even trying.
0: Yeah. So our second match, Jake the Snake Roberts versus Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth. And if you don't know the story behind this match so far, I'm going to tell you anyway. There's a snake involved. (laughs) The match had its roots in a feud that The Undertaker had been having with The Ultimate Warrior. Roberts had offered Undertaker his tutelage to Warrior to conquer the dead man, but instead turned on Warrior, revealing he had been working with the Undertaker the entire time. Unfortunately, the Ultimate Warrior left the company, so the Snake and Taker would crash the wedding reception for Savage and Miss Elizabeth. Jake would continue over the next couple months berating Macho in promos, with Randy not able to do anything due to his forced retirement. But the insults grew more vicious and personal, and Savage finally had enough. Confronting Roberts in the ring, the snake would beat up Savage, tying him up in the ropes, and then allowing his cobra to bite Macho's arm. Jack Tunney would then reinstate Randy to the active roster so he could get his revenge. And that's wrestling, guys. <laughs> that is wrestling. That's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the best story ever.
2: Totally, it is. Like yeah, this and like the like, mega powers, like, is, like,
0: st- two of the greatest things so far. I mean, it's no Black Scorpion storyline. No, <laughs> but... shut up. Get out of here.
1: <laughs> Redemption.
0: So Macho comes tearing out from behind the curtain to attack the snake from behind. Savage slams Robert's head into the steel steps, choking him, rolling him into the ring, only to continue the onslaught of offense by slamming his head into the turnbuckle, raking his eyes on the ropes, back elbow, and goes to the top rope to hit a double axel, and it is
2: pop city. Everybody is going nuts. Like this is eight thousand people. Maybe this arena just sounds great, but the crowd is pretty wild throughout this whole show. Oh hell yeah! It's just like every yeah, it, they're active. In, I mean, like in every match, even near Skinner and Bret Hart, like they are losing it. I like, guess San Antonio uh, had a lot of fans, and they're all here, and they're pretty pumped.
1: I mean, they're already six months out from Savage wrestling his last match, and then they've had to wait three months now yeah. for the the revenge to come from what happened at you
0: gotta let it you gotta let it or
1: SummerSlam. That's unless that's River series.
0: Randy finally gets his jacket and hat off as Jake looks to walk back to the locker room, but Macho jumps down and brawls with him back to the ring. The snake hits a cheap shot of Savage as Savage is being held back by the ref, and tosses Randy over the ropes to the outside. Robert slithers his way to the outside, runs Macho's head, and then his arm into the ring post. Once back in the ring, Savage starts throwing hands but the snake with an eye rake and inverted atomic drop, knees to the hurt arm, and starts ripping the bandage off of the arm where the cobra had bit him. Randy pushes Jake back to a corner and tries to slam his head, but is blocked in reverse by Roberts for Macho to hit the turnbuckle head first. A big back elbow by Savage to fight off Roberts, but is then tossed to the ropes where Jake ducks his head, allowing Randy to kicking for a moment of peace because the snake comes right back with a double axe handle to the back. The battle, with the battle of the double axe handle. They're, both these guys
2: are kind of kings of the double axe handle. It's like at this point you don't see it very often like Velveteen Dream does it but he's doing it as a like macho tribute. man tribute and like he has the charisma to get over an axe handle like not as over as Randy but like about as over as anybody's getting an axe handle over in
0: 2020. Jake goes for the short arm clothesline, but Macho ducks and comes back off the ropes with an elbow to the head. Goes for an Irish whip that Roberts reverses. Then Savage reverses, sending the snake back into the corner they were just in, and the ref just barely gets missed. Randy charges in only to receive a knee to the head, and then Jake finally hits the short arm clothesline, begins to taunt the crowd. And sets up for the DDT. Yeah, he
2: does the clothesline, but then he goes to like the corner and does the thing. I'm like, you could have had it, man. But that's that's the heel. You got to antagonize
0: him. The savage pushes him back into the corner with a shoulder block. Macho heads up to the top rope, comes off with a savage elbow for the pin and the win. I know. I couldn't believe how quick that was.
1: Yeah, like in my memory, I didn't remember it being that. Quick of a match.
2: No, like it's. I think it's the shortest match on this whole show. It is the shortest match on the show. Crazy, but you know we'll get. Some, there's some more stuff to go. Yeah.
0: Go just some more things happening. So post match, Randy has the crazy look in his eye. Does he have any other look in his eyes? Ever? <laughs> <laughs> it's extra love base. for Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. It's a little more, a little more tender, but it's hard to tell. The ref is telling Randy no more, no more. The Macho goes to grab a chair, but the timekeeper stops him momentarily. So he drops back to the floor and goes to grab the ring bell. And I popped for that, because, you know, steamboat. Exactly. I loved it. (laughs) Savage starts to pick up Jake while the ref is grabbing the bell away from him, but Roberts hits the DDT as Randy is distracted for the split second. The two men finally make it to their feet, only for the snake to hit another DDT. He then rolls out of the ring, looks to head back to the locker room, but he stops starts smiling and turns and pulls the ring apron up, pulls out a bag and throws it into the ring. And this is done so well. Like the, like he's
2: walking towards the camera and he just gets like the perfect distance to it before he turns around and he like, basically like dead eyes, like the Uh, audience. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, (laughs) he just has that smile. It's so good. It's funny that he's, I guess he's had like a small acting career now and now he's back to cutting promos in AEW. But, uh, it's like, man, he could have played a bad guy in so many cheap biker movies.
1: Oh, he, hell yeah.
0: <laughs> Miss Elizabeth then comes running down to ringside and gets into the ring to protect her man by laying on top of him and screaming at Jake to get away. Roberts is still taunting Savage, grabs him by the hair to pick him up for another DDT. And again, Liz is pleading. The snake begins to untie the bag. Puts his snake handler glove on.
2: So now you're like really selling. It's like the other one, it's like... They were like, oh, it was... You know, he says it was devenomized, de- 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 um, Winston- But they're putting over that it's not. And this time it's like, well, he's putting the glove on. So it's like, oh, well, this one's definitely some kind of poisonous snake.
0: It's, it's, the, little, it's the little things.
1: Ain't fucking around this time. No.
0: Roberts continues to taunt Elizabeth the entire time, telling her to beg. Jake then picks up Liz... And slaps her in the face. Yeah, and even before that, this
2: all goes on for so long that it gets to the point where it's, like, creepy and too much, like that promo earlier where, like, this just starts to feel, like, wrong
0: and dirty. Goes to pick up the bag, and finally more officials come down to the ring, including Jack Tunney, which gets Roberts to go back to the back without ever releasing what was in the bag.
1: Fucking Jack Tunney.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: what are you gonna do, Jack? I still like,
0: yeah, like
2: they slapped Elizabeth. I was like, oh my god, yeah. I can't imagine what the,
0: like how, how, how the how that, the, how how the how back that conversation went on in the back. Where <laughs> yeah. Jake was like, you know, get me real heat. Yeah, it's like <laughs> who
2: was the one that brought that to Randy? Like Let me hit you like, why This is what we're thinking about doing.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah. Mean jeans then in the back with Jake, and jeans. Says, you're a bonafide sicko, Jake Roberts. True. Jake responds, a woman? No man wants a woman that's going to lay down and grovel and beg for somebody's life. If it's a woman that I want, I want her to stand up. Stand up and be that. Be what I want. As far as slapping her, yeah, I slapped her. But I'll slap myself. I'll slap you, Mean Gene. But I'll tell you something, Randy Savage. DDTing you was fine. That felt real good. But the best feeling I've ever had in my life is when I grabbed a hold of your woman's hair, my hand, and jerked her up off her knees. I'm pulling on my collar right now. <laughs> that was good. And then when I put my hand across her face, my man, it felt so good. I should have to pay for that. Jesus. I would pay to do that. (laughs) So the next time you think about crossing the snake's path, and a snake chooses his own path where nobody else wants to go, think about it again. But if you do decide to, please do me one little favor. I'm begging you, please bring her back. Let me touch her again. I can cultivate her. Into something that even I could want, I could do that. Trust me. Jesus. Yep.
1: Uh, and there's that like, little uh, channeling my uh, inner yeah
0: snake
2: there.
1: That creepy factor that you were mentioning. Yeah, I got, just they ramped it up. Spilled all the way over. <laughs> yeah. The uh,
2: <laughs> uh, man. The and I'm sure we've all seen Beyond the Mat. Oh yeah. So like. It's even creepier when you've seen Jake and beyond the mat when he does the whole thing. The we well, won't we'll get into it, but you know, the whole thing about being on the road with and cheating on his wife and like being becoming a pretty uh deviant uh yeah. man and it's just like, Oh my god and like yeah. So like this is creepy enough on its own, but like seeing that and then when I'm, this it's like oh this feels like it's almost too real
1: <laughs> it got very real feeling in the ring there yeah because yeah, it so. went on
2: for so long too it's like oh they didn't it wasn't quick like he was antagonizing elizabeth and like toying the with, every... with i was yeah, just I th- thinking i think I the think think that post-match that, like, was more like the match is built at like six minutes and something seconds but i think that it truly is like a 12 minute match because the post-match is like drawn out and in, yeah, correctly because it really does make you hate Jake.
1: Yeah, I mean they may have not have gone the most tasteful route, but they definitely hooked yeah, everybody yeah, with they, that segment.
2: Definitely, it's they. Uh, yeah, this is I'm trying to think of other like tasteless things outside of you know like blatant racism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blackface, Bible, yeah, yeah. But then there was there's the like the Sherry Warrior thing. Yes, which was like that was much cringy. more visual mm. and cringy or whatever. But this one is uh, like psychological, and it's almost worse because of it. Yeah,
1: because I mean, you you look at Sherry and Warrior, and you assume Sherry or you would expect Sherry to go those route. But you throw Elizabeth something in there with something where oh, she's yeah. being manhandled or even you know talked and I think down this, like, to. No one no yeah. wants Miss Elizabeth. To be
2: no, no. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want Sherry to either. But at least she was a heel at the time, so mm. it's like, but how good at acting elizabeth is and like jake it's like it's like the perfect matchup in kind of the same way where like macho man and sherry were like a perfect like heel team where it's like oh yeah. they're both so wild and they're both so good at like being wild and then here you've got people that are extremely good at being like subtle and uh, so it's
1: but then you've also got sweet little innocent Elizabeth and they're trying to protect her husband who at one point you wouldn't think she'd do it but yeah. you're wanting her to and she swings at Jake to get him away where for all these years Elizabeth's been the one who's you know, yeah, stayed away like from any sort it's of physicality always, yeah. the, with the exception of getting yeah. you know, knocked on the ground by Savage when she was on the ring apron. or you know, This is her first, as far as I can remember anyway. She pulled Sherry down. True. In the yeah. dusty roads. True, very true. She did do that with Sherry.
2: The only time in doing this whole show that I've ever like got so emotionally invested that I teared up It was a Randy or Elizabeth moment moment, and it's happened like two or three times Mm -hmm. That's how important Miss Elizabeth is to the WWF Nobody else could have pulled that off. So that happening over the last like what like 15 years or whatever 10-15 years this, This is
0: extra brutal So we're headed off to our third match The Warlord with Harvey Whippleman versus the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. So the men lock up many times with no one gaining an advantage. Then they go for the test of strength, which Warlord, with a cheap shot of a kick, tosses Bulldog to the ropes, goes for a big boot, but Davy Boy catches it, shoves him, and follows with a headbutt to the midsection. Warlord's back up and slams Bulldog's head into the turnbuckle, again tosses him to the ropes, missing a clothesline, and Smith turns to hit a clothesline, but it doesn't take the warlord down. So then he hits a running clothesline to send the big man over the ropes to the floor. The old uh, gorilla monsoon 360. Davy Boy follows out to the floor with a plancha, but the warlord catches him and slams his back against the ring post. The warlord drags the bulldog back up to the apron, tries to slam his head into the turnbuckle. But is blocked and reversed for a ten count of head slams of his own, followed by a top rope drop kick. That's a lot of damage right there. Davy Boy's just reminding us how good he was with dynamite kick. Yep. Oh yeah. With that top rope drop. Smith with another running clothesline to knock the Warlord into the ropes, where he gets all tied up, and Davy Boy goes to run the ropes, coming back with a drop kick, but the Warlord has untangled himself, and the Bulldog lands on the top rope, crouching himself. Warlord takes control with a back body drop, slamming Smith's head into the turnbuckle. Irish whipped hard into the opposite corner and is then placed into a bear hug. Davy Boy escapes with some headbutts, but the Warlord comes right back with a belly-to-belly suplex. Begins to taunt the crowd to waste time. Clubbing forearms across the back, tosses the bulldog to the ropes, which the Warlord ducks his head, allowing Smith to kick him and attempt a drive. Only for the Warlord to reverse it into a back body drop. Only for Davy Boy to reverse that into a sunset flip, but the big man sits down on his shoulders, which the Bulldog then reverses into a sit out penitent attempt for a two count. Who knew that Warlord could
2: have a, a match this engaging? Been pretty good over the last year or so. Yeah, but this is kind of the most memorable thing I feel like. I mean, he's been feuding with Davey Boy since basically WrestleMania. So. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, they're. F- I mean, they did, they teased it at the Survivor Series, and then here we get kind
0: of the kind of the full thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, their feud just seems like it went forever. Way longer than it should. Have been, yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. Clothesline by the Warlord goes for the full Nelson, but he doesn't get it fully locked in, using the hair as leverage. His whoopee locks. <laughs> Smith looks like he's going to power his way out, but can't do it. Only for the warlord to just toss Davy Boy away to the mat after having him in the hold for several minutes.
1: Several minutes. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I would say that that's like the biggest issue here, is we could have cut off a minute and a half.
0: Minute and a half times three. Was <laughs> <laughs> it really that long? Yeah, it, it was three four minutes. Yeah, wow. that yeah, that's rough. Warlord then slams the bulldog's head into the turnbuckle multiple times, an Irish whip, and charges into a big boot. Smith climbs up to the second rope to hit a flying clothesline and then hits a stalling vertical suplex for a two count. Davy Boy picks the Warlord up for the running power slam, but the Warlord is holding onto the ropes. So when Bulldog pulls away, it trips him up and Warlord lands on top for a near fall. Smith is then tossed to the ropes, slips around the Warlord to pull him over with a crucifix for the pin and the win. I, mean, I was
2: so caught off guard. I was like, yeah. okay, crucifix pin?
1: Yeah, wasn't expecting that, but yeah. then again, I, mean, I guess... It was a
2: with, cool it was a cool like flash finish.
1: With the back-and-forth feud that they've had for so long, I mean, you have to throw in those random pins, too, because you can only see so many full Nelsons and power <laughs> slams.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, I overall like this match. Yeah.
0: Other than the full Nelson going on for
2: yeah. several minutes. Yeah. I'm sure they've done this match on so many house shows, and they're like, all right, well, we're told that we have to go this many minutes, so I'm just going to milk this.
1: Yeah, Warlord was a bigger dude. I mean, he was always a big dude, but I didn't realize just how big he was until I looked him up, like 6'5", 340 yeah. pounds.
0: He looked like a roided Steve Austin.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, he was, I mean, this, these last two shows, he's what? just extra big and, of course, Davey.
1: Yeah. I'm not usually one to comment too much on people's hair, but that shaved head with the hair W at the back... Oh, yeah. I'm glad that was something that came and went quickly (laughs) (laughs) because it's just fucking stupid.
2: Yeah, it's like, oh, like, that sucks to be on an off day and have to go to the gas station or check into a hotel and you got, like, a a terrible haircut. Like, baby boy's Boys braids are bad, but they're still kind of cool in a weird way. I don't know why, but it's like, oh, it's like he kind of pulls off something that is just doesn't really look good on anybody Mm -hmm. anyway. He looks like he just got off, like, like eight years old and just got back from a, like, a cruise vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back with, like, a crazy suntan and, like, beads in his hair. Went like, maybe bath. a shirt with, like, a cocapella,
0: like, a uh, guy on it. Sean Mooney's in in the back and Macho Man comes storming in. Savage starts yelling, Degraded Elizabeth! Degraded Elizabeth! You understand that? Snake degraded her and I'll never forgive myself. It's he's the truly worst losing it. day of my life that I let him do that to her. You he laid her hands on Elizabeth. It's my fault. He also said something about, "Hey, would you show the dark side?" Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something right now. I'm going to get you, man, and there ain't gonna be no stopping me. It ain't over. It ain't even started. And literally, the Randy is losing it. Yeah, he's like all over the place, running around like, on the ground, over, and he's like <laughs> kind of
2: quieter than normal. It sounds less like a promo and more like his his brain his brain is just running and like he's just saying his like thoughts and feelings yep it's really good and it's a different kind of savage like it's still randy savage so it sounds like randy savage but it's like it's seems a little bit more like natural and he's like it seems he seems more affected like he's it's a different kind of energy but you know it's it's randy savage you can get him to read like Baba Black Sheep, and you'd be like, "All right, well, he can make this a promo somehow." Yeah.
1: Have you any wool? Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah! I'm glad that's the thing I said because yeah. this was great.
1: <laughs> Let me tell you something, you little
0: sheep. <laughs> Good night, moon.
2: <laughs> Everybody poops, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, One on Campbell. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> so we're headed off to our fourth match. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and the Repo Man. Who, who could that be? Okay, sorry. Sensational <laughs> Sherry versus Virgil and El Matador, Tito Santana.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it can't always be Roddy.
0: So the last time we saw Repo Man was actually under a former alias of Smash of Demolition. And that was at Wrestlemania 7, which was episode 54.
1: Dang. Smash! I'm the days. Missed ex. those days.
0: Smash? That sounds good.
1: Got his stinking teeth kicked in and became the Repo Man.
0: So did anyone ever wonder if the gimmick for Repo Man was actually just a streaker. Because literally, he comes down to the ring in a trench coat, yeah. like, bent over, like... Yeah, he's, he's got... I mean, there's he's, tire he's tracks or something energy. other on his... But, like, that doesn't make any sense. But does yeah. that make you really any sense well, I mean, maybe a maybe man either? Maybe he
2: went to go repo the car, and they were like, nah, and they pushed him out of the way and ran over him. <laughs> I mean, you have to be sneaky to be a repo man, I guess. Or you're just, like, you know, a big, strong guy with, like, a flapjack or whatever you call it to open the
0: car window, but I did like that he because because he is basically bent over, kind of like not showing how big he is. The entire so I I always remember Repo Man. He's kind of got like he's
2: kind of got like like mankind energy. <laughs> like before that, before he's like you know hunched over and walking weird. Before it's... mankind's doing it for like a different purpose, but it's still that same kind of. I'd always Weird thought that game.
1: same thing. That's why when Repo Man first debuted, it took me a second to realize that he was Smash, and it wasn't until he laughed that I realized who he was. Yeah. And, yeah, because... When I
0: realized that it was Smash as well, I was just like...
1: Yeah, Smash always just had that big body build yeah. to him, and then Repo came along, and he looked a whole hell of a lot slimmer, and yeah. I guess because of the hunching over, looked shorter.
2: Yeah, yeah, he does look way, way smaller. Like, he doesn't. he doesn't look like... Doesn't look like a big buff guy. No. He looks like a, like a fit guy, but, you know,
0: he doesn't look, doesn't look smashy. So Repo and Tito start us off with some back and forth until Santana tosses Repo Man to the ropes, does some bullfighting techniques, evading Repo, and then the Matador and Virgil ping-pong-punching.
1: Fucking made Tito Santana a bullfighter. I'm still yeah. pissed.
0: I mean, and of course, you know, you've
2: got... I mean, we can just go back to calling him Chico. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I mean,
2: Bobby's still making his like burrito and taco like jokes, and I mean,
1: I tried to find his book for you. I was I was he gonna was bring in it. Anna? Yeah, uh, his oh. "Don't Call Me Chico." <laughs> oh, that's the name Chico. of the book. Yep. That's great.
2: <laughs> I think every wrestler, no matter how well spoken they are, should have to do like an audio book of their own book.
1: <laughs> no matter
2: how long, much longer it makes it, I think that it would be pretty great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was in Survivor Series 91.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Randy's would be the best for sure. I've still never listened to that rap album that you did, like in, I think, The, the Madness. The, yeah. I, uh, he's the only do only one. But it's, I've heard that. Uh, it's, they only allowed him to do one. Uh, so. Yeah. I've been pretty interested in it, but I'm also scared. I probably should be. It's worse than a Jake
0: the Snake promo <laughs> in the series. Oh, okay. I'm um, like, All Jake right. the Snake like, probably wants a pretty badass. <laughs> <yeah. so. laughs> Repo Man then goes for a hip toss, which is blocked, so Tito goes for a hip toss, which is blocked, so Repo tries again, only for Santana to block and finally reverse it to send the Repo Man over the top rope to the floor. Repo sneaks around the outside of the ring to come in behind El Matador, but Tito turns in time to duck a clothesline and deliver one of his own. DiBiase tags in, so immediately, Virgil calls out to tag him in, and after a minute of working the crowd, Virgil is in only for the Million Dollar Man to hit with a knee lift. Slam his head into a turnbuckle, goes for a back body drop, which Virgil reverses into a sunset flip for a two count. That's the right way to do it. Roundhouse right by DiBiase that Virgil ducks, spinning the Million Dollar Man around to hit an atomic drop that sends DiBiase over the ropes to the floor. Where El Matador comes out to roll the Million Dollar Man right back in, only for Virgil to hit a clothesline to send him right back out. Virgil gets that, you know, gets the heat back inside. Virgil with an Irish whip charges into the back elbow by DiBiase. Repo Man then continues the attack with a body slam, running Virgil's head into Million Dollar Man's boot. DiBiase starts choking Virgil with the tag row while the ref is distracted. Clothesline by the Million Dollar Man. Double-team action from the heels to slam Virgil back first into the turnbuckle. Quick tags being used to keep Virgil at bay. Gut-wrench suplex by DiBiase for a two-count and tosses Virgil to the ropes, but ducks his head, allowing himself to be taken down with a swinging neckbreaker. Both men are crawling to their corners for the tag. Tito unloads on repo with a back elbow, multiple drop kicks, a flying forearm, and hits Million Dollar Man to take him off the apron. Goes to run the ropes, but Sherry grabs his boot to trip him up. Repo Man then clotheslines Santana over the top rope and to the floor, where DiBiase continues the attack by slamming his head on the steel steps multiple times. Once back in the ring, Repo makes the cover, but El Matador gets his hands on the rope. Repo Man then holds Tito for Million Dollar Man to come in off the second rope with a double axe handle, but Santana fights his way to his corner for the tag, but the ref doesn't see it, allowing DiBiase and Repo to hit a double-team suplex. Repo Man then tosses El Matador to the ropes, missing a clothesline, and the two men hit clotheslines on each other for the double KO. Both men crawling to the corners, both make the tag, with Virgil and hot to Irish whip, Million Dollar Man, followed by a clothesline, a clothesline to Repo, another to DiBiase, followed by a Russian light sweep and goes for the cover, but Repo Man breaks up the pin. And we still haven't got Virgil uh, boxing punches. We haven't.
1: <laughs> Foreshadowing?
0: All four <laughs> men are in the ring brawling. Million Man's holding Virgil while Sherry climbs up to the apron and takes her heel off to spike Virgil, but he moves in time for DiBiase to take the blow. What a novel idea. Virgil then grabs Sherry by the ears when Repo comes from behind with a knee to the back and Million Dollar Man makes the cover for the pin and the win.
2: I can't believe that Virgil got pinned from a knee to the back. That was...
1: I can. I mean, <laughs> a
2: knee to the back. That's something. Because he didn't get hit in the head with the, with the boot? The, the heel? But I was thinking through this match how, like, okay, we got the Virgil Million Dollar Man thing. But what if, maybe this would have happened in, like, 97 or 98, but probably not here. What if Repo Man repoed El Matador's bull? And that's their angle. Who wants the bull back?
1: I'm like, can, give, <laughs> give me Repo Man repoing El Matador's gimmick so he can just go back to being <laughs> oh, regular old Tito. Yeah, <laughs> I like that better. Mine was a joke. I don't truly mean that. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, we don't, we don't need any bulls here. But, you know, it seems silly enough. We've seen Choppy Pee Pee So like <laughs> So like you know taking, <laughs> So like you know Repoing a man's animal And also wasn't there like the dog Al no like dog match There's like dogs all around the ring And they just like shat everywhere I he like vaguely stole remember something dog. like that I don't remember whose dog it was That's not the Kill in hell match, is it? yeah, the and hell match Yeah it's <laughs> the kennel and hell match I'm pretty sure Isn't
1: that where boss man feeds him Yeah.
2: Yes he that. feeds him his own dog also, worse than somebody repoing someone's bull. That's really fucked up.
1: They did that with Jake and Earthquake. Earthquake supposedly cooked up snake burgers. Oh, yeah. After well, squashing Damien. That's the
0: Jake has the cobra now, because Earthquake killed Damien yeah. oh. by doing an Earthquake. Uh,
2: squash a, a
1: squash match. Oh, that sounds very fun. <laughs> I like, I like this. The
2: thing is, also, it's like <laughs> one of those things like, oh, like, we don't have the same kind of empathy for snakes as we do dogs. At least not most people. No. I definitely don't.
1: Oh, the audience was so, in like, tears.
2: I apologize, I apologize to the snake owners out there. But you
1: weird. Yeah. Cooked up Damien Burgers on Primetime Wrestling one Monday.
0: <laughs> you get a Damien Burger. You get a Damien Burger. Mean Jeans in, in the back with Hulk Hogan. And as Hulk is talking, we get a replay of the ending of the title match at Survivor Series, where Ric Flair would put a chair in the ring, allowing The Undertaker to tombstone pile driver him onto it. So we're headed off to our fifth match. The Undertaker with Paul Bearer versus Hulk Hogan for the WWF World
2: Heavyweight Championship. Is this like the closest we ever had a televised like rematch? I mean, like I guess at this point in time. Nowadays, I mean, you'll see that in, where it's like, oh, they're going to fight again for the belt this Monday on Raw. Well, yeah, I mean, This go. is the like, first
0: back-to-back championship match that we've had on all these shows. Really? Well, other than, I mean, Flair Steamboat, but I mean, on WWF, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's the first one that we've had back-to-back pay-per-views with the same. It's like, yeah, we've had plenty of like,
2: Flair trilogies. That's just kind of a a different style of wrestling. That's like, what well, just exactly. how that ter- territory worked. That's not common over here.
0: So the champion came
2: out first. Mm-hmm.
0: Foreshadowing. Yeah, I knew immediately, mm. uh, but
2: he still looked cool, and he was dragging the belt, and that's awesome.
0: So taker and bearer. Attack as soon as Hulk gets in the ring. But Hogan retaliates by hitting a double noggin knocker that sends Paul to the outside. Irish whip followed by a clothesline and mounted punches by Hulk. Multiple eye rakes, inverted atomic drop, but The Undertaker keeps getting back up. Another clothesline, more eye rakes, goes for a body slam, only for Taker to hit Hogan's back with a forearm to block the move. But another eye rake allows Hogan, to pick him up for the body slam. Bear has jumped onto the apron and Hulk punches him off, hitting a clothesline on Undertaker to send him over the ropes to the floor. We finally see Jack Tunney. He's sitting there at ringside as Paul calms the dead man down. He's not even sitting at ringside. He's kind of sitting in the entryway. Yeah, yeah it's like, <laughs> like yeah. <clears throat> he's like, I don't want anything to do about the ring.
2: It's It kind of reminds me of, um, like... Elegante, like, said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like El, El yeah.
0: I mean, they're further away, but you know, it's still. Hogan then drags Taker up to the apron, hits forearms across the chest, punches him back off to the floor, where Undertaker drags him to the floor by his boots. Taker with a choke to take Hogan to the ground and more chokes once they are back in the ring. Hulk is fading in the corner, and the ref is making the count, but Bear keeps interrupting it to stop the disqualification. So we literally get like an 11 count. Yeah. Did we already do the bite spot? The bite spot. The
2: bite spot. Um, I I, I thought it was pretty early in the match, but Hulk Hogan takes off like at the beginning of the match and is like in the mounts Taker in like the corner turnbuckle, but he has like his Hulkamania bandana, like puts it over Undertaker's face and bites him. (laughs) And it's super bizarre and it's just like this quick thing that happens in a I was flabbergasted. But, I mean, it happened pretty quick, but it was pretty noticeable. I don't know that I've seen Hulk bite anybody. I guess but I, guess. I don't put it above him. <laughs> I don't know if there's things, uh, you know, there's nothing this man won't do nah. outside of a back bump. Face is
0: doing shit. <laughs> Hogan picks up Undertaker and carries him across the ring to slam his back against the turnbuckle. Goes for an Irish whip and charges into a big knee. Taker then takes the arm of Hulk and we get... Old school. Which, the, the rope walk. Yeah, yeah. Right, we've, we've seen him do it uh, as Mark Calloway, but is this the first time we've
2: seen him do it as Undertaker?
0: I believe so. Yeah. Because the only other match... Did he do it against Snuka at WrestleMania? Maybe. I am I think that would be the only other time we would have... think he might have, his, but I can't yeah. remember.
1: Uh, old school Taker doing old school shit? Yeah. It's like it.
0: Stuff. Yeah. I mean, like,
2: uh, it's funny that Lance Archer's. Like undertaker light at this point in his career where he's doing, doing the call, choking people. Granted, he's more athletic than Undertaker, but Parker he's also doing the Jake. The, you know, his little version of the old school.
0: The Jake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely partner with Jake. We get more choking by the dead man, and Hogan only escapes by rolling out of the ring, and then grabs Undertaker by the boots to drag him out to the floor. Holt's laying it in with right hands, goes to toss Taker, but is reversed, sending Hogan into the ring post. Undertaker rolls Hulk back into the ring, stalking him from behind, and locks on a claw to take the immortal one down to the mat. The ref finally checks on Hogan, who begins to Hulk up. Hogan makes it back to his feet, powers out of the claw, multiple kicks, and both men start running the ropes, when it looks like Taker trips. Hulk continues with an Irish whip and charges in, but receives a big boot. So Undertaker tosses Hogan to the ropes, And Taker hits a flying clothesline. The dead man goes up to the top rope. Looks like it's for another old school. But the Hulkster yanks him down off into the middle of the ring. All of a sudden we see Ric Flair walking down to ringside. The immortal one is no-selling some punches in the ring. While Tunny is trying to stop Nature Boy on the outside. Right hands, clothesline to send Taker over the ropes to the floor. Hogan then sees Flair and rolls out grabs a chair and hits Natch Natch
1: <laughs>
0: <across laughs> couldn't the back. resist that sends him into Tunney <laughs> knocking them both down yeah it's a pretty funny uh, bump it's like the easiest chair shot too it's, not like, it's like yeah dook. yeah yeah it's
1: smacked on the back end, and apparently it yeah. makes him fly five I mean Ric Flair is used
2: to taking it much harder than that and selling it equally as hard as he does here but like he's you know they don't, they don't do it the same way up here <laughs>
0: Hulk then rolls Undertaker back into the ring, hits an axe bomber, a clothesline, but Taker retaliates with an eye rake and tosses Hogan to the ropes, but the Hulkster comes back with a knee to the gut and an eye rake. Flair then climbs to the apron with the chair and Undertaker goes to throw the Immortal One into it, but is reversed, sending the dead man into the chair. Hogan then clotheslines Nature Boy on the apron and hits the big boot. Paul Bearer is now on the apron, distracting the ref, while Hogan goes to pick up Taker, who gives Hogan a throat thrust to slow him down. Undertaker is holding Hulk, and Bearer goes to hit him over the head with the urn, but Hogan ducks, so Taker takes the blow. Boo. Hulk with an eye rake to Bearer to knock him off the apron, but the urn has stayed up on the mat, so Hogan grabs some ashes, throws them into the Undertaker's oh face, as Flair is lifting Tunny up to his feet. Such a Hulk move. Mm-hmm. Hogan then inside cradles Taker, for the pin, and, and the win. And,
2: and do! The, um, well, at least they didn't bury Taker here. Huh. It was a roll-up, and he got hatched. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, cool. Also, I was just thinking this. If Undertaker is the dead man, is he not the immortal one? Too shit. <laughs> just saying. But was this better than the other one? About the same. A good, a good second match. Considering it was about the same. Yeah. Like I think I enjoyed both these matches. Like I will watch these again at some point where I'm just like, oh, like I can watch these two matches in like thirty minutes, and it would probably be like a decent way to eat like something, a decent thing to eat a sandwich to. When it's like, oh, it's lunch. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to see, you know. Paul Bear hold up the urn and like Undertaker
0: rolls eyes back and get some energy from it. That's fun. <laughs> Post match, Hulk hits a running clothesline with the championship belt to knock the Undertaker over the ropes to the floor, and Jack Tunney is having words with the ref as Hogan poses in the ring for the shortest amount of time ever. ever yeah. Before heading off to the back, as Gorilla says goodbye. This was a fifteen, probably a fifteen dollar,
2: twenty dollar pay per view. It's only an hour and a half. you got to get it in.
0: So we're going to look forward to the future. We don't u- usually do this a whole lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the next weekend on Superstars, Jack Tunney would make an announcement stripping Hulk of the title and declaring, it, and declaring it vacant due to the controversial circumstances that had surrounded the two Hogan Undertaker matchups. He would then declare the title up for grabs to the winner... Of the Royal Rumble. Oh, this is fun. I like this.
2: Which we'll cover in three weeks. And what's crazy is I'm an idiot and I don't know who wins. So that's going to be fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm a total dummy and I don't know who wins.
1: All I can say is, good job, Jack Tunney. I always liked you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like you might have gave it away then. No. I don't know. I didn't give it away.
1: No. No. I just mean he finally got a call right taking away <laughs> yeah. snakes that doesn't really do anything, take the title away from Hogan, and, you know, people take notice.
0: Yeah, and then it makes that Royal Rumble exciting. Yep. So, Shane O'Mac, what are your overall thoughts of This Tuesday in Texas? This Tuesday in Texas?
1: This Tuesday in Texas.
0: This Tuesday in Texas. Ah, uh, we got all four I, like.
1: <laughs> I mean, for watching it for the second time in uh, under 30 years, it, some of it held up. Some of it did not. All it's in all... 2050,
0: you might watch it again?
1: Possibly. <laughs> Fingers crossed that the network is still available, or somebody has it available, and my eyes can still watch. <sighs> Much like Survivor Series, it had its good moments, it had its bad moments, and it possibly could have just been a, a little Saturday night's main event. Back-to-back weekends. Oh. Jake and Savage loved it. Yeah. That's...
2: It's good. It's really good.
1: That's about yeah. I mean, it it gave me that which 14 year old Shane was screaming at the TV, you know, all the weeks before, you know, ready, waiting and anticipating this match. So, you know, I still loved it. I wish there would have been more to it, but it just kind of started the the full fire on the feud that would continue to grow for a little bit longer.
2: Absolutely. How about you, Michael? Randy, Jake. Randy, Jake's so good. I mean, Hulk's got to get his thing back and I didn't hate that. The British Bulldog and Warlord. I do not hate that. What do you mean?
0: You hate Hogan.
2: Yeah. And Undertaker has the belt. Yeah, but at this point I am desensitized to the belt going back on Hogan. So at least, you know, they put him on there and you do hear cheers for the Undertaker and you do hear a few boos for like Hogan. So I feel like they're just trying to like test some waters. Like granted, Hogan's still getting more cheers than Undertaker but like there is a little bit of dissension that is noticeable from the crowd. So like, I feel like it's just like kind of an experiment uh, in having a heel champion. Yeah, Yeah, just like, yeah, just like the whole show, but it is uh, like, it's bite-sized and pretty enjoyable. I would say the worst thing is from one of the better matches, which is uh, the full Nelson, (laughs) like you said. It's like, yeah, like that match is good, but it's a couple minutes too long. But there's nothing terrible here in an hour and a half. It moves at a clip. It's just that oh, like the matches that aren't the main two feuds are kind of
0: hollow. Which is kind of the problem we had on the last show. So, as we talked about last week, Survivor Series was basically just an advertisement for this show. Yeah. So if this show had been worse than Survivor Series, it <laughs> would have been a complete waste. Yeah, and
2: I can't believe this was only... like an hour and a half because I'm like what are you you're selling a two and a half hour show to sell an. Well, it was you're, cheaper you're selling yeah but this Tuesday in Texas was I think only like $20 yeah. still but like selling selling a hour and a half show for two and a half hours seems kind of wild
1: and looking back on
2: but I mean yeah you're uh, getting you're getting your hoping getting his win back
0: but I mean, we do get the ultra-hot few of Savage match. and Roberts. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is the shortest match on the show. Mm. But I think they but get every... I with, think it's... With everything else they do... It works. It works. Yeah. But right. I'm not saying that it doesn't. No. Here's the other thing. There was a dark match that came on... Yep.
1: Right, right before. before. I
2: just found thing, this out
0: right before we started recording, the and
1: I'm <laughs> so upset. Yep. I was asking for this on the last one.
0: It was Ric Flair uh-huh. and Roddy Piper. Yes, and who won? It doesn't even matter who won. Yeah, but just say it. Just say it. I, literally, you probably have it in front of you. Oh yeah, I do. But I. Natch.
1: Sorry. Natch. Natch.
2: Natch. Yeah, Ric Flair. Ric Flair wins, which is the right choice. You got to get him over. Yeah. He's over here. Roddy Piper isn't going to be yeah. champion. You cannot
0: tell me that that match wouldn't have been better than. Could have been the
2: Probably best thing on the show. Three, And potentially could have been the best other thing other
0: And that's why. And it's also... They weird. wanted
1: to sell Jake yeah. and, and Savage feud. They wanted to accentuate the and, Hogan, and, and for, like, Undertaker, Flair. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, th- those two guys can make 14 minutes feel like six. Because hmm? the... I've seen Ric Flair make 45 minutes feel like 15 plenty of
0: times. We've enjoyed many 45
2: minutes Ric Flair. My gosh. So. Yeah, that's upsetting. I mean, the rest of the Dark matches
0: are all trash. Don't, yeah. They're, they're nothing. Because a bunch of them are guys that I've never Wait, heard. Wait, Greg of. Valentine... Um, Against the brawler. He beat the brawler <laughs> in two minutes. He
2: squashed him. That's fun. You want to watch that one? No. Mm. <laughs> the Nasty Boys and the Bushwhackers? I don't want to watch that either. Mm. Exactly. LOD versus the Beverly Brothers? Nope. Man, why could this show not have been two hours long And we get Flair and Pipe?
1: Yep. Crazy.
2: I wonder if there's tape of that.
0: I'm sure it's probably out there somewhere in the archives.
2: Yeah, I am I might have to uh, cue that one up soon. Might be my bedtime story.
0: Good, Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So what are some of the best moments of the night for you?
1: Not me? Anything involving Savage, I mean, Jake, Elizabeth? Those yeah. three
0: promos yeah. By yeah.
2: Savage and Jake. Like, those could just be on, like, that whole thing could be on, like, a one-hour, like, VHS tape, mm-hmm. and you could have just sold that. And be like, oh, Jake versus Savage, and you could just put it all there in, like, an hour, hour, 20 minutes. You just put everything in there consecutively, all the promos and, like, the interactions, and, it, it's, and it's and you would watch it all the time. It would just be, like, a, a tape that you wear out because it's magic. This is why we watch wrestling, because sometimes stuff like this happens. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, most of the time stuff this, like this doesn't happen, this the but when it does, it makes it worth it, it. you yeah. <laughs> you go, like, I still want oh, really to yeah. keep going towards that line. Yeah. It's like there's so many times where they, like, start it, and it never gets this good, or they, like, fumble it, or, like, something happens to somebody and it gets fumbled or whatever, but, like, this is the, the dragon
0: that you chase. I mean, I literally was watching the first Jake promo, and... I got about a minute into it, and I was just like, "I can already tell this is a masterpiece." So <laughs> yeah. I like had to rewind. It was like, "We're getting this word for word." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like it's perfection.
2: It's for like, most. yeah, it almost makes me want to vomit because it's so unsettling. You're just like, stop! Like, dragging it out that long is normally a problem in wrestling promos, but here it just like adds to the the tension and like the
0: verbal terrorism that is Jake's the Snake Roberts. So, how about most disappointing? I mean, other than Flair and Piper not being on the main (laughs) card, that we've now talked about. I mean, I don't feel like any of these matches were like terrible. I mean, Mm. Bret Hart's opponent being Skinner
2: was probably my most disappointing thing because that match was fine. I don't ever want to watch it again, but it was. I've seen so much worse. And then Virgil losing to a knee to the back. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just kind of silly. Or whatever, but you know, 45-minute Paul Nelson. I, I, from the I, it wasn't just a single knee to the back. At least it was. I mean, it was a single knee to the back, but at least there was other people involved, and it wasn't just like two guys in the ring. One comes off the ropes and knees a guy in the back and pins him, because that would have been extra embarrassing. Okay, even though I literally, would be surprised if we never see Virgil again. He's been still got so much of a pop. Like every this whole show, the crowd is. Going wild, but like I said, how many times have you been in San Antonio? How many times have people got to be in a room where Hogan doesn't have the belt? Very true. And it's on TV, so that's going to extra, like, you know, ramp everybody up because it's like a different thing between a house show. Like, yeah, they're really fun, but you know, you know what the deal is. I feel like even, you know, as a kid, you'd still probably, like, kind of know. Even if you didn't know, it's definitely a different feeling.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I think we can all agree best performer, Jake Snake. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, like we just said, the first promo's three minutes, the second promo's two minutes. It's the best five minutes of this entire show.
2: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. almost his promos are almost as long as the match. Yep. Like yeah. sixty seconds less.
1: Yeah, watching the downward spiral of, of Savage from his first promo into that last one. Oh, that yeah, was also where he, he gets,
2: he gets yeah. real like a different kind of manic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very good.
0: How about most surprising? anything surprising on this show? I don't know about surprising. Um, Maybe just how... How dumb WWF is for yeah. not putting
1: in foot Piper. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I don't know. I didn't feel surprised by anything. I was, like, aghast at how much better the Savage and, like, how, like, normally, like, oh, yeah, that was really good. Where do they go from here? But then it just only got better. That was kind of surprising. I was like, "It's like, oh yeah, I assumed it was still gonna be good because like these two guys are fucking geniuses." But then it got that much better from like the snake bite, which is already like amazing, to yeah. like doing something like to actually that not being the worst thing that happens mm-hmm. is like super impressive. It's like, oh, that's still not the worst thing that happened.
1: So I think for me, it was more more disappointing that. With it being an experience or an experiment for a potential Tuesday pay per view, that even you know. all out? Or yeah, he... it wasn't a fully loaded card. Yeah, you, know, no. you had two. We had one big match. You had the championship match that should should be considered a big match, but it still doesn't hold a candle to the the Jake Savage. And then you had other ones that you could have replaced with anybody or anything. Yeah, those
2: were just like house show
1: matches. Yeah. Give me, give me an, another misunderstanding between the Rockers less than a week later.
2: Yeah, or give me just like a tag, a tag, one tag, like a tag match that with a belt. Yeah. Just another belt match. Like three matches. You got an hour and a half. You should have at least three titles. Yeah. yeah the bar- I don't care anything about the burial of Virgil.
1: No. No,
2: I don't. I mean, and I like Virgil, but I'm just like, whatever.
0: And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling the dusty finish. Antonio Inoki had held the NWF heavyweight championship for over four years when Stan Hansen would defeat him at the new year golden series in Tokyo on February 8th, 1980 after a lariat would send Inoki to the floor and would be counted out. Stan Hansen born 1949 in Waco, Texas would make his professional debut in 1973. He would travel and team up with Bruiser Brody while working territories. Hansen would make his way to the WWWF and begin feuding with Bruno Sammartino. His lariat would become world famous for having broken Bruno's neck during one of their matches. Stan Hansen would head to New Japan Pro Wrestling and quickly become a top heel as a loud, violent cowboy who wanted to fight everybody. Later in his career, he would become even more successful in All Japan and then spending time in WCW and AWA as well. For his accomplishments in the world of wrestling, Stan Hansen is a professional wrestling, wrestling observer, and WWE Hall of Famer. Hansen would hold his first major championship until one of the most dominant men in Japanese wrestling would want a rematch. Bum, bum, bum. The King of spit. Come at him, Skinner. Ring that bell. (laughs) Next week... Starcade 1991. I'm interested to see what they're going to do. The Fishbowl. Oh, Starrcade yeah. Three.
2: Never, yeah, we got the Fishbowl. I'm still interested in the Fishbowl. Sounds weird. They got to do something without Flair. They've had a hard time so far. I mean, it, it, I feel like it's picked up the it last definitely couple has, shows. It definitely has. Like Wyndham Luger. No good. No, no, no. no good. <laughs> Was it Rick Steiner and Sting? Uh, Steiner and and Luger Luger, at the last
0: WCW show. I like that. Or The Clash. Yeah, I like that a lot. Which was a favorite of ours. Music from this week's show is the opening from this Tuesday in Texas. And Hogan won the main event, so Mm. we must play... Must we? Real American. Yep. By Rich Derringer. My my love of this song, because
2: it's legitimately pretty great, but I'm pretty over it at this point.
0: Mm -hmm. So, you know... If you like this episode or any
1: of our <laughs> so other ones, you know.
0: please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, email us at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. And tweet us what makes you a real American. <laughs> what about you, Shane O'Malley? What makes you a real American? <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm an all-American boy. Uh, I pay my taxes. I'm oh, trying to think of the Rougeau words, but yeah, they're not coming to my brain quick <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm a real American. Yeah, I like my, my my wrestling. I like my wrestling. There is a difference between the two, so definitely. Yeah, definitely. but the combination of the two, I think, is what solidifies the Americanness of wrestling. Yes, in me. So, thank you. For joining us
0: mm-hmm. for the last couple weeks. Hey, thank you for having me. Taking, this is a blast. Uh, taking us through some of your memories of these shows. Yeah, and honestly, a three three man
2: mic on a Survivor series is just like a wait
0: Hey, helps us helps us get through. Oh so man, yeah, it makes, <laughs> so much, so, <laughs> makes it, it so much more fun to
2: talk about the Survivor series.
1: Hey, I'm I'm here to you know be tagged in anytime. So
2: yeah, I'm sure we'll <coughs> I'm sure we'll have you back. Woo! a Nice change of pace.
1: Absolutely. Hey, you had the uh, the sample three man crew at Survivor or SummerSlam, so you had to break it out here just to make sure that it worked. Exactly.
0: And thank you everybody for tuning in, listening to us. Hopefully you're still out here listening to us at this point. Someone say goodbye. Uh, goodbye, now. goodbye
1: now. Goodbye now? Goodbye
0: now. See you guys next week.
1: Rocket Derringer! <laughs>